I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. In today's reading, we'll be looking at the two chapters which comprise the book of Haggai. Haggai prophesied to the remnant who returned to Jerusalem after the Persians overcame the Babylonians. Haggai dated his prophecies, so we know when they were given. They were given in the year 520 B.C., His prophecies are all about rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. But wait, had they not been back in Jerusalem for 16 years or so at the time that Haggai wrote this? What's the holdup? Well, we know from the book of Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther that not everyone around Jerusalem was tickled to have the temple rebuilt. Remember the two calf people of the northern kingdom, known as Israel, They had forsaken the worship of the one true God after Solomon's reign, and they moved their godless worship to Samaria. We see that in 1 Kings chapter 12. After the Assyrians conquered them in 721 BC, foreigners were moved into Samaria to replace the northern kingdom Jews who were were deported to Babylon. They intermarried with those Jews and eventually adopted their two-calf religion as well which was a hybrid of Judaism and paganism. These inhabitants of the region became known as Samaritans and are called such throughout the New Testament times as well. Call it religious jealousy, but they gave the Jews fits about rebuilding the temple there. So the project got tabled and the returning Jews concentrated on rebuilding their houses and restoring their farms. Somebody's got to do something to shake these people up. Well, here comes Haggai. He's got a word from the Lord, and here it is. Let's rebuild that temple. By the way, Haggai was a contemporary of the prophet Zechariah. And as a matter of fact, if you'll look at the written notes on BibleTrack.org, you'll see that I've provided a timeline of the book of Ezra, Haggai, and Zechariah. So uh, who's in on this rebuilding venture. Well, Zerubbabel was the governor at the time, and uh, Zerubbabel is is there, and he's working, and he's the governor of the region, and he's overseeing the project. There's a new Joshua in town that's related here. Here's what we may know about this new high priest. He's the high priest in Jerusalem. Joshua was the son of Jehoshadak. He is referred to as Jeshua, in the book of Ezra, and also in the book of Nehemiah. His father, Jehozadak, was among the captives at the fall of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. We see that documented in 1 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 15. His grandfather, Seraim, was put to death at Riblah, and we see that account in 2 Kings chapter 25 at the fall of Jerusalem. Joshua is, is seen in uh, Ezra chapter 3, verse 2, along with Zerubbabel as a leader in the effort rebuilding the altar and once again establishing sacrifice and worship in Jerusalem after the exiles returned from Babylon. 
We then see Joshua here in Haggai chapter 1 verse 12, 16 or so years later. He's working with Haggai, Zechariah, and Zerubbabel in getting the temple rebuilt after uh, it kind of had stalled. So now that we know the players, let's get into Haggai chapter 1. In the second year of Darius, the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai, the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountain to bring wood, and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man into his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, upon all the labor of the hands. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people did fear before the Lord. Then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger, in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. They came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. In the four and twentieth day of the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. This first prophecy, dated August of 520 B.C., does a little rebuking for the procrastination of the people, in the rebuilding of the temple. They had gotten preoccupied with building their own houses and so forth. Hey folks, your current drought is because of your disobedience to God. Well yeah, that message from Haggai got the people back on track. We see in verses 12 to 14 that they again started working on the rebuilding of the temple. As a matter of fact, only 23 days passed after Haggai's prophetic message of rebuke until they came together to do the work of rebuilding the temple. Isn't it interesting that the people who longed for the day when they could return to Jerusalem from Babylon could so soon lose track of their mission in rebuilding their own temple? Israel's neglect of their worship had resulted in their fall 66 years earlier, and now they're back and they're in the very same rut. However, Haggai's very direct prophecy here jolts them back into reality. And here's that reality. You will not prosper 
unless you put your priority on serving God. That's a pretty good lesson. Chapter 2. It's going to be a great temple. Verse 1. In the seventh month, in the one and twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Ye now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work. For I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I covenanted with you when ye came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Now this second prophecy is October of 520 B.C. It's one of encouragement to the people regarding this rebuilt temple. Apparently there were some who had seen Solomon's temple prior to its destruction 66 years earlier. It won't be the same as that. These exiles didn't have the resources to build it back with the same extravagance of the original structure. Haggai concludes his word of encouragement on this issue in Haggai chapter 2 verse 9 when he says, The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts, and in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. God's glory filling the temple is really all that matters here. Incidentally, notice verse 6. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. Paul refers to this verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26, where he says, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Paul saw this shaking as a yet future event, and it comes at the end of this present world in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, where it says there, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Then we have a prophecy that times will be better now, beginning with verse 10. In the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Ask now the priest concerning the law, saying, If one bear holy flesh in the skirt of his garment, and with his skirt do touch bread or pottage or wine or oil or any meat, shall it be holy? And the priest answered and said, No. Then said Haggai, If one that is unclean by a dead body touch any of these, shall it be unclean? And the priest answered and said, It shall be unclean. Then answered Haggai and said, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, saith the Lord. And so is every work of their hands, and that which they offer there is unclean. 
And now I pray you, consider from this day and upward, from before a stone was laid upon a stone in the temple of the Lord, since those days were, when one came to a heap of twenty measures, there were but ten. When one came to the press fat for to draw out fifty vessels out of the press, there were but twenty. I smote you with blasting, with mildew, and with hail, in all labors of your hands. Yet ye turn not to me, saith the Lord. Consider now from this day and upward, from the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Is the seed yet in the barn? Yea, as yet the vine, and the fig tree, and the pomegranate, and the olive tree hath not brought forth. From this day will I bless you. This third prophecy is 520 B.C. in the month of December. It's short and to the point. Here it is. You suffered chastisement for your disobedience before, but now that you're rebuilding the temple, blessings from God will come. If you're looking for direct evidence that God rewards faithfulness and chastises his people when they aren't faithful, well then Hakiah's prophecy right here is for you. So, how does Zerubbabel fit into this Messianic prophecy? Well, we'll see that in verses 20 to 23, reading here. And again the word of the Lord came unto Haggai in the four and twentieth day of the month, saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth, and I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms, and I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the heathen. And I will overthrow the chariots, and those that ride in them, and the horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, will I take thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Sheatiel, saith the Lord, and will make thee as a signet, for I have chosen thee, saith the Lord of hosts. This fourth of Haggai's prophecies delivered in December of 520 B.C., it's directed towards Zerubbabel himself. Let's get right to the point. Is Zerubbabel the Messiah? No, he is not the Messiah. However, the lineage of the kings of Judah have once again been established with this man Zerubbabel, though he was not technically a king. Zerubbabel was actually only a governor under the Persians, but he was from Davidic descent. The signet mentioned here puts it into perspective. A king's signet was the official king stamp. The uh, Messiah would come from David's lineage through Zerubbabel. In fact, though spelled Zerubbabel, here's the lineage we find it in Matthew chapter 1 verses 12 and 13. A little different spelling, same man. This is a messianic prophecy looking to the millennium when Zerubbabel's seed will reign as the Messiah in Jesus himself. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.